Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you today. Folks, the day is here. If you're listening to this, either Friday or Saturday, you know that the Islanders are about to take to the ice for the first time since early March or mid-March in a game that counts Islanders, Panthers, play in Saturday, 4 p.m., The time is finally here. The day we have been looking forward to for months has arrived. The Islanders will take to the ice. We will break it all down for you. Preview game one. Talk about both teams and some of the last minute notes that we have about them. And it should be one heck of a series for the New York Islanders. We will give you our final thoughts. Break it all down. Talk about the likelihood of who the Islanders will have in the lineup, and some of the questions on defense. But overall, I think we are more or less ready to roll. Now, if there's something on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic that you would like us to discuss, please send us an email. The address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. We're happy to mention you on the air if you leave your name and where you're from. Uh, when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And, of course, we will be tweeting during the game Saturday and every playoff game that the Islanders compete in this season. Hopefully, Saturday is just the first of many games that we're going to see. All right, so the Islanders all getting ready, and it's about that time. I mean, uh, finally, finally, it looks like hockey is here. And look, a couple of more thoughts about the exhibition game from Wednesday night. I think that, yeah, it was a little strange not having fans in the stands, especially for a game between the Islanders and the Rangers. Quite honestly, this is probably the first Islanders-Rangers game in roughly 40 years that did not have the Dennis Potvan chant in it in some way. I mean, the infamous incident involving Dennis Potvan and Ulf Nielsen that everybody, you know, knows originated the the Potvan, you know what, chant 
took place back in February of 1979. So you're talking about 41 years plus since that incident happened. And obviously, since there were no fans in the stands at Toronto, and there won't be for the rest of the uh, playoffs, but since there were no fans, there were no pot van chants. And that is just a strange thing, I guess, for fans of both the Islanders and the Rangers when these two teams get together. The piped-in crowd noise on television wasn't that big a distraction. I think it more or less... Uh, it, it more or less was sort of low-key and underplayed, at least on the volume of, of my TV set. But the, the other thing about it that, that was interesting to me is that it, it did, to a certain extent, take away some of the electricity that you feel in the building during a typical Islanders-Rangers game. And... You know, I, I when I did my book, Ice Wars, and I interviewed a lot of the former players, and one of the guys I interviewed was Glenn Healy, who played, obviously, first for the Islanders, then for the Rangers, you know, took the Islanders on that long 1993 playoff run, then was the backup goalie in 1994 for the Rangers when they won the Stanley Cup. And Healy related to me, and this is in the book, that, you know, he felt the walls of the Coliseum vibrating before the very first game that he played against the Rangers at the Coliseum during warm-ups, before they even came out onto the ice for the warm-ups, he heard the, the, the wall shaking because the crowd was that intense. And that intensity is really a part of playoff hockey when you think about it. And it's not going to be there this year. And obviously, look, that's a small complaint when push comes to shove because it's not realistically possible right now. So it's not like either you have fans or you don't have fans. It's either you don't have fans or you don't have hockey games at all. So this is, you know, a necessary solution to a difficult problem. But, you know, Anyone who's been to a Islanders home playoff game at the Nassau Coliseum, and this dates all the way back to the first playoff game in 1975, the intensity, the noise in that building is, you know, off the charts. The decibel level is high. The building rocks like few other venues do. And, you know, Saturday is technically an Islanders home game, that, that aspect of it, the fans really rocking the building and setting the stage, setting the scene, making everybody excited and electric, uh, that's not going to be there. Now, it's not going to be there for anybody. But, you know, that to me is arguably the biggest thing that, you know, we're going to miss. And look, better that than, again, no hockey at all. But uh, I, I don't think it'll be that big a distraction. Hockey fans, Islander fans in particular, especially if you look at Twitter and you look at any social media format, they're so hungry for hockey after all of this 
difficult time that we've all had as a result of this pandemic, this once-in-a-century kind of a situation. You just have to understand people are so hungry for hockey. If there's nobody in the building to watch it, it's better than no hockey at all. And most fans are just like, hey, let's get started. So I feel the same way. We are going to return. We're going to break down a lot of the matchups and talk about what to expect Saturday when the Islanders and the Panthers finally take to the ice. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Let's talk a little bit about some of the more of what we saw in the exhibition game against the Rangers and how it really affects the Islanders going forward. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about, Adam Pellick back in the lineup, and he talked about, you know, being a little nervous having not played for roughly almost seven months. And he acquitted himself well against the Rangers in his first game back. He played a little over 22 minutes. And again, you know... You had the Pelic and Pulak duo out there a lot against the Rangers' top line. And one thing you notice, Artemi Panarin, the Rangers' most dangerous player, the guy the Islanders knew, and we talked about this uh, on our show before the game, the Islanders knew they had to contain Panarin in order to contain the Rangers. He had zero shots on goal in this game for the New York Rangers. And to me, more than anything, that statistic is a beautiful thing, both for Adam Pellick and for the Islanders as a team. Because if they can take Panarin out of the game when they know he is the guy on the Rangers and you prevent their best offensive weapon from getting any shots on goal in a game, then you know that whether it's, you know, Jonathan uh, Hubbardo or Alexander Barkov or Mike Hoffman or Evgeny Dodonov, these are guys you need to slow down. And, you know, the Islanders are definitely capable of getting that job done. So, a very encouraging sign that they were able to hold Panarin to absolutely no shots on goal. And that is, you know, again, highly, highly encouraging. I think the other uh, thing about it that was highly encouraging is the fact that the Islanders played their style of hockey. And, Really, the style of hockey that, uh, you know, they were successful with. And you look back at last season, and you look back at the 17-game point streak earlier this season, they won a lot of 2-1, to 1-0, to 3-2 kind of games. And shutting down the opposition's big guns, look, it may not be highlight real hockey, but... Islander fans more than understand, I would rather win 2-1 to one ugly than lose 7-6. to six. 
and look, you know, and, and, and have three or four, you know, highlight real goals, end-to-end rushes, what have you, that, that, that's not the way this team is going to win hockey games. And, yeah, the game may not have been, you know, artistically pleasing unless you're Barry Trotz, in which case this was exactly the kind of hockey you need your team to play in the playoffs. They looked absolutely playoff ready. And that is important. That is very, very important for this hockey team. The other thing is this, and it was an interesting call by Barry Trotz. He went with eight defensive pairs. And I think that's smart because it lowers the number of minutes that Pellick had to play in his first game back. It allows all four, all eight defensemen, all four pairs to show what they can do under game situations. And I think one of the big questions has to be whether or not you see the Andy Green-Noah Dobson duo in game one or even later on in the series, or even do the Islanders decide to dress seven defensemen and maybe put Andy Green in the mix in order to spell Adam Pellick a little bit in game one and provide them with a little more experience and a little bit more versatility. That would mean Ross Johnston, you know, would probably be the guy who doesn't dress. Johnston played well, and I don't know if I want to see him scratched from game one. You're not going to see, likely, you're not going to see Ladd, you're not going to see Dal Cole, you're not going to see Cunackle if Ross Johnston is indeed that third-line winger that the Islanders are looking for, seven hits in that game for him, and and Johnston really doing everything he could to show that he deserves a spot in the lineup. I think that we will see Green and Dobson at some point in this series. Maybe not in game one. But I think we will see them at some point. And part of the reason is the way that they played both defense and the way they sparked the transition game against the Rangers. They were clean with their passes. They kept the unnecessary movement to a minimum. They got the puck out of the zone, beat the forecheck, and started the Islanders back on the rush. And you had only minimal offensive opportunities against the pair of Green and Dobson, whereas the third defensive pair of Letty and Boychuk were a lot shakier over the course of the game defensively, allowed the Rangers to have a lot more scoring chances than Green and Dobson. The problem or the reason that you still may not see Green and Dobson in Game 1 is Letty has a role on the power play that is important. And, you know, Boychuk and Letty played well together. They've been together for a while. They know each other well. And they have plenty of experience where Dobson obviously is a lot less experienced. And we know Barry Trotz likes to play the veterans over the younger guys when and if he can. But that looks to be the toughest decision coming up 
for Saturday's game. I still think we will see Letty and Boychuk. Uh, but, again, we will see whether or not at some point in the series, especially if Letty and Boychuk or either one of them don't have a particularly strong first game, the Islanders would not hesitate. Barry Trotz would not hesitate to put out Andy Green or Noah Dobson later on in this series. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about what to expect in Game 1 against Florida. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, before we get back to the uh, Islanders-Panthers preview and the thoughts about it and what it's going to look like, uh, congratulations in order to former Islander Lorne Henning. He was uh, uh, obviously a former Islander dating back to the early days of the franchise, was on the Stanley Cup winners in, in 1980, for example. He assisted on Bob Nystrom's famous overtime cup-clinching goal uh, against the Flyers, Was went on to be a player coach and then a coach with the Islanders, assistant coach, head coach, did a lot for this franchise over the years. He has now been named a scout by the Seattle Kraken. So, first of all, you got to figure that means Henning, who has a little bit more knowledge about the Islanders, comes time for the expansion draft, he's going to know which Islander he wants to add to the roster. So we'll see. That certainly should be interesting. But congratulations to Lorne Henning. Good guy, works hard, uh, knows the game. And uh, we'll see, you know, how he does out in Seattle with the Kraken. So, should be good. One thing that is uh, obvious right now to Islander fans, uh, they look ready. And the Florida Panthers, uh, maybe not as much. You know, they lost embarrassingly to the Tampa Bay Lightning in their exhibition game tune-up. Uh, they were beaten 5 to nothing. And they know they need to play better uh, if they're going to be able to get the Islanders slowed down and, and, and generate offense. Look, not losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning is not embarrassing. They are a strong, strong team. But they, uh, you know, they've got to play better than they did in that game. And they know it. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, according to a tweet by NHL.com's Brian Compton, uh, quoted as saying, I think everybody realized we have to elevate to another level, maybe two levels, the same as me. Today was a good practice for the whole team. Everybody competed. Everybody was pissed off the same as me. So, you know, the, the, the Panthers not happy with their performance in the exhibition game that they played and now you know they are trying to regroup and get ready for the Islanders. Uh, Joel Quenville the coach of the Panthers indicated that his team was quote pissed off and that they hope they get that game out of their system before Saturday's contest against the Islanders. Goaltending as always going to be a big key in this series. Goaltending is critical. And look, Sergei Bobrovsky is a proven commodity, an excellent goaltender, uh, you know, has been an all-star in this league, has led teams to, you know, upsets in the playoffs before, 
but he did not have a typical Sergei Bobrovsky season. 49 starts, 23 and 19 uh, as far as his record goes. A 3-2-3 goals against average and a save percentage of just 900 uh, with the one shutout this year. That is not typically the kind of numbers you expected from Bobrovsky, especially when he was in Columbus. Now, look, the Blue Jackets under John Tortorella played a much more defensive-oriented system, but Bobrovsky hasn't played up to par for him uh, this season, and the Panthers are going to need him to do that uh, if they have a chance of beating the Islanders in this series. Meanwhile, Simeon Varlamov looked very sharp against the Rangers, was tested a few times, came up with his usual acrobatic saves that the Islanders count on him to do. And I think at the end of the day, the bottom line is this. uh, The Islanders need their goalie. When you're winning low-scoring, tight-checking, 2-1, 3-2 games, You need your goalie to come up big a few times a game and to keep that score low so you can win. And Varlamov almost certainly will get the start. He looked ready. Grice looked good, but not as good as Varlamov did. And now it becomes a question of whether or not Varlamov can continue that against a, a very explosive offensive team in the Florida Panthers. Panthers sixth in the league in goals scored this season, 228 goals, but they were 26th in goals against. And to me, one of the reasons I think the Islanders will win this series, and I'm picking the Islanders in four, is because the Islanders play will play the same style that they've played all year under Barry Trotz whereas the Panthers are going to have to make adjustments to their run-and-gun, more more offensive-oriented, wide-open style. That doesn't work as well in the playoffs. This is not 1983, where you win playoff games 9-7 or 6-5 with regularity. One of the things that you're going to see, if the opening game of this series, Saturday, is low-scoring, If the Islanders can hold the Panthers to three goals or less, they have an excellent chance of winning the hockey game. If the Panthers get that fourth goal in this game, or in pretty much any game in this series, I'd say the odds are very much in their favor that they're going to win because the Islanders, if they're playing run-and-gun, end-to-end, you know, know, rush-after-rush kind of a hockey game, That's going to favor the Florida Panthers. The Islanders are going to want to slow the pace down, muck it up, limit the scoring opportunities of this explosive Florida offense, and get the job done that way. The Islanders are going to want to win 2-1, 3-2, 1-0. And I think the first game is going to go very far in setting the tone You know, they're going to play a game, have a couple of days off, then come back in back-to-back days for games two and three. Very interesting. I love the coaching matchup in this series. I know it's something we've talked about a number of times. And to me, with the coaching matchup, Trotz and Quenville 
possibly the two best coaches in the playoffs this year. And they're going head-to-head in round one. I will keep an eye on those line combinations and how Barry Trotz, with the last change in games one and two, is going to try to match lines with the Panthers. Is he going to be? Is it going to be more of an emphasis of getting Pellick and Pulak on against Florida's top line, or is he going to want to get Pajot's line or even the Sezikis Martin Clutterbuck line out there against the high flying Panthers? That is something we're going to have to keep an eye on and see how Barry Trotz matches up. At the end of the day, I think the Islanders win this series, but under no circumstances. Do I think it will be easy? Florida is a tough team to beat. And let's face it, Islander fans know this more than anybody. This team doesn't do anything the easy way. All right, that's going to do it for today's Locked On Islanders podcast. The big day is coming soon. We'll be back Monday to break it all down, analyze it, preview game two, and a whole lot more. Right now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the National Hockey League. Have a great weekend, everybody. Islanders Hockey is finally back. Enjoy the game. Follow us on Twitter during the game. And, of course, let's go Islanders.